Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, but also giving us a call to action. Uh, what can we do when we make the connection? Uh, what are ways that we can support ourselves and others and that's part of what we're talking about today. We have a wonderful guest who has written a book called Shattered. Laura Stearns wrote Shattered, Exposing the Open Secret of the Children's Theater Scandal, and it's a memoir of harm and healing. And Rick Bernardo and I had a chance to meet with Laura last week uh, and learn about what she's doing now in her work that is informed by the challenges. What you may or may not know about the Children's Theater, it was a place of, uh, in the 70s and 80s, of, of great acclaim, but it was also a place that painful things were occurring. Uh, John Clark Donahue was considered a brilliant but difficult artistic genius in the American theater in both the 70s and 80s. His theater, the Children's Theater Company and School, CTC, rose to heights of great critical acclaim, was also a home to more than two dozen sexual predators. In 1984, Donahue's arrest for sexually abusing male students threatened to close the theater's curtains for good. The theater endured, and the full truth of what was happening behind the scenes was swept under the rug until now. Laura Stern's memoir follows her process of coming to terms with experiencing childhood sexual violence at CTC, of recognizing the depth of harm from the complicit culture, which allowed the child abuse at the theater to go unchecked for decades, and her journey of growing beyond trauma to a place of strength. She does so with unflinching honesty, a lighthearted compassion, and a healthy dose of trauma-informed education. And we thank you for that book. I am very happy to have written it, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me back again. Absolutely. It was wonderful to have a chance last week. And if you have missed last week's show, I encourage you to go to am950radio.com and go down to Connections. And we do have the show posted, so you can listen to it and, and this is a companion piece, but this the show will stand alone. So if you've missed it, don't worry. Um, we do encourage, no matter what, to buy the book. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> it's a great book. Uh, you can go right to Amazon and, and buy Shattered. I would encourage you, though, to consider going to Laura's website and learning more about Laura and her journey and actually get in relationship with Laura through the website uh, because that is her, her – I believe her long-term goal is to be able to be with people on their journey and to allow them to speak their truth as she has learned how to speak her truth. To get to Laura's website, it's paladinadvocacy.com. That's P-A-L-A-D-I-N advocacy.com. Welcome, Laura. Gosh, I'm happy to be here. We're, we're so glad that you are. Even, you know, the conversations are hard yeah. when we're talking about trauma and all of the stuff that happened, but um, it's just so important to, to keep talking about it and, and make it more accessible, the conversations around trauma, so that people will feel more comfortable to talking about it in their lives. To normalize That's right. the conversation. It's so important. Uh, but we're not all there, and so we want to make sure that the audience knows that if you need to take a break, 
you know, you can listen to us on podcast or you can come back and, and hear the next segment. If yeah, there's that's, time. Right. that's not, the not, beauty of podcasts. Not, you can do them. Not many people time. will tell you if you need to take a break to listen, but we want you to listen. Know, isn't but, that weird? But, yeah. but we want you also to take this in, in a way that you can best absorb it. And we are talking about challenging, uh, a, a challenging situation that took place. It happened. Uh, how Laura handled how it happened. Um, and it's scary and it's hard, but it's also a blessing because of good things that came out of it in terms of changing theater and changing lives. And I think that's important to, to recognize. I want to first touch on the whole idea of the gift of noticing mm. and how you just began to notice and what that was that was part of a turning point. And I, I'm asking – I've asked her to read um, – from her book, uh, page 185, uh, that talks about some of all of that. Yeah, this is, it just talks a little bit about what it's like to um, have this energy churning around inside of you. When I was younger, I was able to neatly compartmentalize my trauma, take the memories and lock them away in mental boxes. I could ignore the low hum of energy, like an electric amplifier at the lowest setting. Slowly, over time, it got louder. I'd get blasts of power to that amplifier whenever my trauma was triggered, turning the volume up to ten for stretches of time, then down to a tolerable five after my body would regulate again. During the quieter years of my life, the internal noise had leveled off to a volume I couldn't ignore, but was able to tolerate. You, and then the, la the next you, line is, ahead. litigation turned the volume up to 11, and it stayed there. Oh, and, we'll, and we'll talk about the litigation. I, I'm also interested when you were brave enough to say out loud, I was raped, and what that took to get to that point. It's so interesting, and I do talk, talk about this journey in, in the book. I mean, I, I wrote in my journal as a, as a girl about being raped, and I used that word. And then throughout my life, I stopped using it. Mm -hmm. And I would use words that felt more acceptable, right. like molested or assaulted or right. things like Sexually that. Sexually assaulted yeah, yeah. Is, is a good, and safe one for yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And, and the word rape is so hard to hear. It's hard to say. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's an ugly word. And I just want to also mention, as I do in my book, as these kinds of words and these kinds of concepts are being brought up, it's so important for the listener to, or the reader, to take care of themselves. If you are feeling like you've got something coming up just by hearing that word, mm -hmm. please take care of yourself. Yeah. It's, it, there's no point in, in, uh, in harming yourself so that you can – like you really need to take it in in your own time and your own pace. Right. When you recognize this – it was over a period of time of yeah. like aha moments. <laughs> Just wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could call them that. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what was that again? Well, it's funny because you know your gut. You, you sort of you feel things, and and what I learned as a young person was to just not not trust that. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know how to connect to my gut, and and what you thought was your gut may not have been. A, it was somebody else's agenda, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, you get 
taught to stay quiet, to keep secrets, all of that stuff. The and silencing. It's easy to do that with children. I mean, it's easy to do it with anybody, but especially with children, and which is why it was so prevalent at this particular theater. And the children's theater, as well as at churches and, and other places where there's a sense of spirituality, and there is a spirituality to the art of theater. Yeah. I mean, there, yes, there is. So it's, there, people will call it sacred. It's yes. a sacred space for some people. And there becomes a even bigger issue of how you are vulnerable in those situations because there is a glory, but there's also a vulnerability that unscrupulous people can can prey on. Yeah, it, they, they use it as um, – it can be a lure you know, mm-hmm. for people. And because you are – it's attached to something that is so dear, mm-hmm. um, whether it's you know, uh, the school you're going to, the church you're going to, the program that you're going to to learn things. When you're abused in a situation where it is really like coupled with that, um, that joy, mm-hmm. it's very hard to separate them. So if you have a relationship with somebody where you feel like you're getting even, you know, if you're abused by somebody that you know who is a provider of, you know, your your parent or whatever, you're not going to disrupt that because there's a there's a higher need um, that feels more important. So the trauma gets buried and you ignore it and you um, the shame keeps you quiet and all of that. Which ties into integrity, right? Integrity, but I also was going to mention there's uh, an implicit cover in sacred places of what's unthinkable. Uh, you wouldn't think it. it's the last thing you would think. So there's, there's uh, it's not intentional, but it's it's uh, it's uh, people will use that. They they wouldn't think this would ever happen here. Right. It's not always even conscious, but in the field of ethics and psychology, this comes up. What's unthinkable, and a lot of harm happens under that. And the people who perpetrate these kinds of uh, crimes know that, and they rely on that to help protect them and the bike because people will stay silent. And what Laura mentioned, the word integrity is um, central in a lot of uh, harm and healing and ethics because the root of integrity is the word one. Uh, same word as integer. Uh, and it just means are we whole or not? And once something starts happening – that was unthinkable in that rubric and in, in that world, in that sacred space, the integrity is gone. Uh, it's not whole anymore. And they're not walking the talk at all. I mean, and anyway. And, and in your book, you, you walk through some of that breakdown of the integrity. I mean, there are times I remember when you wrote about wanting to go back to the children's theater after you knew all these things had happened, but there was something about the place that yeah. you still felt that you wanted um, – that there was a, something important that happened there. Well, it felt like home, yeah. you know. I feel like I found the part of myself that I was most craving, which was that connection to art. So the building itself was a symbol. And, you know, in the book, the building is kind of a character of its own. And we can talk more about that, you know, in, in a minute. But Actually, yeah. that, that's exactly I, – I was fascinated by that because I've, we've had you on the show and we've, it's been an interesting journey for both of us to have, the, have you over the years share along the journey. But I had never really thought about the theater as a place that has an impact and a, you have a relationship to as if it's a whole character in and of itself. Yeah. And I do want to explore that. I right. want to explore that in the next segment. Uh, I also want to make sure that folks know about this book 
you must read it. It's a wonderful book um, that not only documents but helps you through the journey of dealing with trauma. So it is a book for everyone. Shattered, Exposing the Open Secret of the Children's Theater Scandal by Laura Stearns, a memoir of harm and healing. And you can go to Amazon and get it there. And go get it. It's a great book. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And our topic today is the opportunity to be with Laura Stearns and her sharing about her book, Shattered, Exposing the Open Secret of the Children's Theater Scandal, a Memoir of Harm and Healing. And with me today is my co-host, Rick Bernardo, who has a background in ethics, uh, as well as public health and um, arts and music, um, and brings a wealth of connections to our radio show and ideas. Thanks. And Laura, um, who is a peaceful warrior. Oh, yes. <laughs> I actually have a tattoo on my arm that uses that has that, that term, peaceful warrior. Because you do believe in making change yeah. and leading the way. You did this in community and were inspired in community to do something because there were other women that were raped and other women that dealt with the challenge of shame and um, speaking their truth. Yeah. And you wanted the truth to be able to be shared. It's interesting, you know, back in, back in the day, as we say, um, the, the story was about these young boys that were assaulted at the theater by Donahue. And everybody right. was like, oh, we got rid of the bad apple and it was just it's all it better was boys now. and it's yeah. fine. But there was so much happening there that um, was not revealed. And um, I am now um, taking the opportunity <laughs> to make sure that it's not lost in the mix because it's so easy for these um, stories to just – Fade away, and then we don't learn from them. I'm fascinated with the sense of place with children's theater. When you got there, this was the holy of holies. I mean, this was truly the it was. Country. I had arrived. Yeah, I was there. This, is, this yeah. is the theater, and it's an impressive building as it, well. Absolutely, you know? and impressive people there, mm -hmm. and impressive work being mm -hmm. done. Yep. Some of the pictures you share through the book of, you know, some of the productions, they're just outstanding. Yeah. Extraordinary level of artistry that was happening there. So as a child showing up, it was like, you know, you just arrived in this magical place and you were part of it and you belonged there. And it was just um, the best thing that could have ever happened. That's, that's how I felt when I showed up. And that place gave you a sense of belonging. Yeah. And you know, it's, 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 I, I really did for a long time consider it like my home. I spent so much time in that building and I knew every built, every room, every crack, every corner. And, uh, and we just, we squished down in all the couches and it just, it felt so comfortable to be there. 
And that's another reason why I think it was so hard for us as as young people to actually say what was going on because it well it felt good to be there. And what would be taken away? Yeah, and what could be lost? I didn't want to be taken away from that. And I knew if I said anything to my Mm -hmm. parents uh, or the authorities of what had happened, they'd Mm -hmm. they'd have pulled me out of there so fast. And I didn't want to be taken away. I loved that building. I loved I loved being there. And there were I went back to work there. You know, and you knew. That there were more than more than you were, were yes, in the situation yes, of yes. being raped. I mean, at the time, I didn't know the level of it, and mm-hmm. I didn't know just how many perpetrators there were. But you know, twenty-eight people were identified through the investigation. That's a lot of people, and that's yeah. a lot of young people because yeah. these weren't just one incidents happening. These were people who were, you know, doing it over and yeah. over and over. To yeah. I mean, I, the, the the number of children that were affected is countless. I, yeah. I can't even, you know, it's hundreds. You left. You left the Twin Cities. I did. You moved away. Yep. And Didn't want to be here. No. You, and, you left yeah. it behind, but then you came back. Yeah. And then where did I go immediately? That's what fascinated me. I know. Me. It's so interesting. Yeah, I went it's back. It's like, yeah. you, you know, horses, if there is a burning <laughs> barn. That's right. They will run away from the burning barn to turn around to go back in yeah. because that's where it's safe. Yeah. And people just... don't understand. They think, oh, the course is just crazy. No. No. They know the barn it's is safe. instinctual it's where you're like, that's safe. the home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it wasn't The theater safe. is not yeah. safe. Yeah. But we, we want to make it the safe place even when it's burning. Yeah. And then I do say this in the book too about how, you know, the building isn't going to ask me questions. The building is just going to be there and it's going to hold me. Yeah. I mean – Figuratively and yeah. literally, and so it felt like going home. And but you gave a tour to your husband yeah, at the time, which yeah. I just loved. Yeah, tell me about that. So um, we had come back to Minneapolis, and um, and m- my boyfriend at the time, um, we hadn't been, been married yet, but um, I took him on a tour of the building because I was like, "This is an incredible place," and and he had had some experience as um as a young person doing theater in Boston. So, I thought, you know, he would t- completely understand what it was like to be in the, a theater school like I had been in and I told him all the stories we walked through and all the different, you know, rooms and everything and all the, the stuff that happened and we got out of the building and I said, so "What do you think?" And he and he just turned to me and he goes, "That that's really effed up, you know." Yeah. It's not normal. And I was like, what? It was the first, I was 22. Wow. So I didn't, until that point, really didn't understand the level of harm that had happened in that building. And you knew you wanted to leave. You left. I left, yeah. But when you came back, I love that that's the aha moment of like, oh. But it, it had context because you left. Yeah, yeah. But there was something about having another voice. That yeah, was it really required that for me. And, and I think that that's something sadly for a lot of people who were there at the time they still don't they haven't allowed that aha moment to sink in like they've heard the stories they know horrible things happened it was the open secret right, right. absolutely yeah. i mean that would people knew all over the place they were telling story i've heard so many stories about you know my dad said i couldn't go there because of you know donahue was you know predilection for you know molesting boys. This was before all, you know, he was arrested. Like, people knew this. This was not a secret. I mean, it it was an open secret. It was an open secret without outrage. Yeah. The power of naming something. Wow. Oh, even effed up. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it was a different word from that, but we use after. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> the right word to use for radio. Right, right, right. right. But bad people enough. can all use their imagination. Yes, exactly. There was also a sense when you had to take the jury or not the jury. You took your, your yeah. lawyer. So later. You took your yeah. lawyer yeah. back. And gave a tour, and that struck me too. Yeah, so the journey I, with the theater. I talk about that pretty extensively. Going back into the building, you know, I worked there for a period of time after um, after I was a student. You know, I, I did some some seasons there, and um, and then had many years where I didn't go back to the building because now it didn't feel like home anymore. Now there were ghosts. Now there was this energy that I was aware of that I could pay attention to mm-hmm. because. I had woken up in many respects to the level of trauma that had happened to me and others. Interesting you say woken up because I think of it dreamlike, mm-hmm. that the theater has a dreamlike quality. Yes. And the dream could be beautiful, but when, when the dream starts getting ugly, you do need to wake up. You know, that's a nightmare. Yeah, that's, it's no longer a dream. It, it is a nightmare. Part of, it's part of the, the prevalent or the, you know, the persistence of trauma is that we don't want to wake up to the reality of what's happening. Uh, it's just, it's horrible to, to look at. So going into the building, here was this like literal, you know, brick and mortar place that I knew now at that point, how much harm had happened in the building. So going in there didn't feel safe anymore and walking through all of the different rooms and you know, my lawyer had said, please point out these different places. There's a bathroom that one of the litigants had said they were assaulted in. And so he wanted me to point that out. And here's the boys' locker room where Donahue used to go in and, you know, be in the showers with the boys. It was just, it's like all of these horrible spaces. So having that juxtaposition of the the memories of loving this place so much and the reality of what it really was was and exposing that and being brave yeah, enough to expose that. That was, it was a Being hard, hard brave day. enough to go through that space as a guide. Yeah. Uh, that, and in addition to all of this, you did not expect everyone that came to come. You had insurance people <laughs> there that well, were on the yeah, other side. The, the, that, yeah, the lawyers for the insurance companies were – uh, were on uh, on the tour as well, which was and I loved how the fun. how the lawyer how you talked to the lawyer like do I have to like do I have to like look at them and yeah. he's like no nope. you don't have to you you yeah. can pay no attention to them this is and then you did yeah <laughs> and that was def- definitely a sense of empowering through you know the litigation was very very devastating in many respects but there were elements of it where it was a reclamation reclaiming the mm-hmm. power that I'd given away mm-hmm. and for them to say yeah you re- really literally do not even need to look them in the eye. That felt really good. Yeah. And it was your chance to tell your story. And we'll continue to learn about the trial. Um, We hint at it in that you had litigants and whatnot Mm -hmm. all there. Uh, But in the next segment, I I want us to talk about what what led up to the trial, what happened in the trial, the lens that you needed to have in order to go to trial, uh, which is important. It's difficult to listen and process some of this because it is so hard to think back on what damage took place. And yet it also creates a place of hope because the more we can talk about it, the more we normalize it, the more we can prevent others having to go through what you went through. So thank you for that. And stay with us. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And my co-host today is Rick Bernardo, who is an ethicist. Ethicist. Is that right? Ethicist. It's easy for you to say. It wasn't yes. easy. Um, <laughs> and an artist and a writer and a musician and uh, a public health advocate and many things uh, and brings insight to thinking about the right and wrong of all of this and goodness and badness and naming things and creating just, integrity. Yeah. And just sometimes helping naming things, mm-hmm. which is a lot of what we're going through here yeah. with Laura. Yeah. Laura Stearns is our guest and we invited Laura because she has not only great insights in, in life in general, oh, but she you. has just written uh, and published a book called Shattered. And it's exposing the open secret of the children's theater scandal. And an important part of the title is also it's a memoir of harm and healing. Yeah, that was important for me to get in there. It is. It is. (laughs) On the cover of the book. I wanted people to know that it was not just a horrible story because it is. But there's also real elements of, of care and healing in it. And there will be a part two. There is there is a companion book, yes. Yeah. Coming out in 2023, yeah. she has her next book, Daring, Daring, uh, to, Daring Heal. to Heal, Growing Beyond Trauma Through Awareness, Acceptance, and Action. I love action because that's something that yeah. we always ask our audience to think about in terms of if we've made a connection, if we've got an idea now, what are we going to do now? Yeah, I'm and th- at the end of the book, I do have a, a bonus chapter in the end of this book of, of Shattered that gives a little taste of what that book is about, which um, I'm excited is included because I think it's important for people to know that there are things that you can do that we don't have to just sit with this horrible story. You can actually do something. The other thing, I was going to save this till the end, but I think we can share now. You also have an audio book coming out. I do, yes. So I um, I really wanted to provide an, a, a way for people to absorb this book that was easier and that where they could hear my voice, and I, I do, I read the book, mm-hmm. um, because for some people, just trying to read the text is very, very difficult. Your brain fogs over, you can't focus on the words, and not just people who were there, although that is a primary audience, but anybody who's experienced, especially sexual violence, mm-hmm. it can be very hard to, because you just keep finding yourself. So it's a little easier to just listen. Mm-hmm. So I am very grateful that, um, that that's going to be coming out in, a, in about a, a week or so. so. And if folks want to learn more about um, you, me, you and your blog and yeah. have a continued relationship with you, uh, you do have a website. I do. Paladin Advocacy, P-A-L-A-D-I-N Advocacy.com. And it's, it's a great place just to check in. Yeah, I have I have I write about a, a variety of, of other things in my blog. Uh, I haven't written much in it lately because I've been writing these books, but yeah. but there is quite a few um, things on there, and there's more information about CTC too, and some you know links to other things. And um, I'm proud of that website. I think it looks pretty good. It does for this segment, we talked about having you share about going into the trial. Um, in our conversation, which by the way started last week. Uh, and we are now continuing it this week. Because uh, we, there's so much here. There is. There is. <laughs> um, and, it, and, and I also wanted to lead the way for you to be able to share about your next book that you just did, which is great. Uh, but there was a – discovering that there were others and as many as there were mm-hmm. that dealt with this was part of an impetus to move you. 
um, from one to the, you know, from, from like, well, maybe I can handle it and to no, um, I need to do something more. Uh, I need to do this for others as well. Yeah. I, I really do carry, um, it's not a weight. It's just, um, a sense of, um, needing to care for the, for those other people who don't necessarily have a voice. You know, I d- dedicated this voice, this book to those who couldn't speak. Yeah. And, um, I have a tattoo on my arm that mm. I, um, so every day I have this sense of, of needing to, to stay active in the conversation so that people who don't feel like they can, mm-hmm. can at least have, Something, some way that they're being they're being heard and seen. So, tell me what it took to t- go to trial to, oh. to have a lawsuit. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Yeah, I happened to write a book about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was, um, you know, I, I I don't regret having done it, but it was probably the hardest thing that I that I did because um, revisiting the trauma is one thing. But then being re-traumatized by the system itself is really, really devastating. It becomes more clear, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. What, what were the factors that kept you silent and what are the factors that keep everyone silent? Yeah. So tell and, me about that. And rape culture is, is such a, a dominant um, narrative in, in everything. I mean everything. So – when you know there's one point um, in in the trial where the, the defense attorney saw a picture of me um, up on the screen at the age of 15 and turned to the jury and said, um, "Well, she looks a lot older than 15." Like that makes it okay. like that makes it okay, yeah. right? And no matter like, how old you are, yeah, it's not appropriate that, to rape. And that is a woman, yeah, saying that. So that's the way we still. So it's almost like being these com- narratives. complicit with you know within this within the system, yeah. and it's it's a way to um, you know, and that's her job too. I gotta yeah. say, I know that that's what it, it's your job to put as much doubt out there as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think there's ways. This is part of why I wrote this, this the companion book. There's a section in the book about transforming the litigation process. Um, the the chapter is um, called trauma informed litigation, and that's what I learned in the process of, of going through this, how damaging it is. And, you know, like I wrote this book because it's a book that I wanted to have for my, you know, like I wish I'd had this book to read. Mm-hmm. Right. And with this other piece, it's like, I want, I want other people to have the litigation process I didn't get. So I want to inform, um, you know, lawyers how to really care for their clients, mm-hmm. how judges can really care for people in in the the um, in the courtroom, how to reimagine that? Yeah, it's rescripted. Yeah, that that incident of uh, she looks older than mm-hmm. that. That is a classic insidious mm-hmm. rationalization. Yeah. It's uh, a rationalization means you're making something sound reasonable that you know goes against your commitments, and and you know it. So uh, anyway. And why, Just a name. Yeah, and, and why would it be okay if someone looks older? Again, it's that blaming the victim yeah. and the victim somehow created their circumstance by the way yeah. they look. Yep. It's, it's classic victim blaming and it's 
you know, I think for a lot of people and, and for women, um, to the, and I, I don't know the history of, of, you know, anybody who was involved in the, in this, the, the, on the legal side of things, what their, what their history is, but I know women, um, we have tended to downplay and downgrade our experience well, since the dawn of time mm-hmm. because it's easier to be present to that reality than it is to what really happened, which is I was harmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's easier to go, you know, this, this guy was a jerk than to say he raped me. That's a really, really hard truth. So we do that. And, and, one and women step, do it to each other. Yeah. And one step further, your rights – were violated. What you have a right to was violated, which mm-hmm. is unfortunately something that we're facing in society right now. What what are women's rights? What do we have control over? What can we say? No, that is my right, and that's not your right. Uh, but it's yeah, there's a lot of pushback that's mm-hmm. happening, and you know, hopefully, the the pendulum will swing far enough in the other direction that will maybe get some balance here in the next I would say when anybody has a right uh, there's a coincident responsibility for everybody else to withhold that right so responsibility I would always remind people doesn't mean necessarily blame but it means you have an ability to respond and that can be powerful for anybody just Mm -hmm. be responsible Uh, doesn't mean you have to feel bad just be in action be aware accept what happened all of that it's yeah, and stop accepting closer. unacceptable. That's a huge piece of it. That people will just, you know. Oh, sure, sure. Know, oh, I don't even. I don't. I don't even. I don't even know what I just heard. You know, <laughs> they'll just instead of yeah. hey, wait a minute, you just said something that felt really uncomfortable to me, and I'm not okay with it. Sure. Unfortunately, to a certain degree, the insurance company was able to minimize some of the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that was that's their goal, and right. they and they were in mine. You know. It, it, People will learn more about the details of all of that through the book because I do give a pretty clear, you know, reasons why, you know, the, the theater was found negligent, but they weren't found liable, which is kind that, of crazy. Another how crazy can you, making. How can you be negligent and not liable? Um, but that's in the way that, that the, the questions were posed to the jury. So um, in any other case, if you have a car crash and you are found negligent, you are liable. It's like not that is, separated. That is, it's not separated. So Which is odd that the judge even separated it, the two. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, I think a huge mistake. But, you know, that's he's not going to admit that he made that mistake. So. <laughs> and, and again, it's about the very same thing in terms of we can't destroy this theater. You know, this, yeah. Yeah. There's still is, that sense of, you know, they um, – they allowed um, the executive director to get up and talk about the theater today yeah. and all these great things that they're yeah. doing, and yet other, you know, women who were girls at the time who had been abused were not allowed to testify because it happened after I was assaulted. So why did you allow the theater to say what's happening today? And not that, that it's not it's not balanced. Doesn't right. seem consistent. It's not consistent. And interestingly, it, it's a way of making you a kind of the villain again, which is what you were afraid of as a child. I'm sure is that I don't want to destroy this. So it's tapping into that re-traumatization of I did not want to speak out yeah. because I didn't want to destroy the theater, but I have a right 
to speak my truth. And we have a responsibility as a community to hear that truth and make changes based on that. Yeah. And again, if I I say this in the book, had I been the only one, if this was just about me, I never would have done this. I Mm -hmm. never would have gone into a courtroom. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I made that choice back when I was 15 that I wasn't going to say anything, you Mm -hmm. know, because I didn't want to be treated the way I knew I would be treated. And then once people did start talking about it and I saw how they were being treated, I was like, oh, heck no, I ain't going anywhere near that. Forget it. So how did you take care of yourself during that that time? <laughs> the the care really came from um and I will credit Jeff Anderson in part of this because he said you need to create a system of support around you. So he encouraged me I was like, can I tell people what's going on? He said, you tell people whatever you want. You can tell any part of your story. You are not, you know, there's no gag orders or any of that. It was like, this is your narrative. You get to say what you want. So I did. I started just building that circle of support. And it was critical because, you know, trying to face this kind of, um, you know, barrage of attack really from Mm -hmm. from my opponent, if you want to call it that, um, you need to have – an army of people holding you up. And Peaceful I really warriors. Did. Peaceful warriors. Uh-huh. And many of them, most of them were um, well, close friends and family and, and other theater colleagues, but other litigants who were part of the, you know my history, people that I knew back in when I was a kid. And they all really, we circled around each other. I wasn't the only one in this. This mm-hmm. is the thing that should be really understood is that mine was the only one that went to trial, but there were 17 people who, who um, filed suits mm-hmm. and it could have been hundreds. And with that support is part of what allows you now today to look at what you can do for others. Yeah. How can we support each other and how can we help each other find our own healing from the trauma that we've experienced in our lives, wherever it came from. And in our next segment, and our end segment, uh, we'll share a little bit about the book that um, was part two, which is originally all part of one book, but right. that you yeah, realized yeah. needed to be two. Yeah. So we'll, we'll hear more about that. Yes. Thank you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we have had the opportunity to be talking with the author, artist, actress, wig maker, advocate, <laughs> advocate yeah. amazing woman. Uh, and, yeah, author. Wow. Yeah. I wrote a book. Yes. Laura Sturds. <laughs> she wrote Shattered, Exposing the Open Secret of the Children's Theater Scandal, A Memoir of Harm and Healing. And also with us today is my co-host, Rick Bernardo who has a background in ethics and art and public health as well. So lots of threads for us all to pull. Uh, In looking at a terrible time at the Children's Theater where children were harmed and your journey of discovery of harm within yourself and that trauma, uh, your journey in uh, taking them to court Mm -hmm. uh, to have it be out loud. Uh, mm-hmm. with other women that were willing to be peaceful warriors and say no more. And there needs to be a change. Uh, you've helped make change in theater. People are now taking individual oaths and theater companies are taking public oaths yes. to make a difference and protect children so that um, this will not happen again. What I'd love to have you also share is not only paladin, 
advocacy.com as her website is a great place to um, get to know Laura. What I haven't shared as much in this this hour, we also had Laura last week, is how wonderful the book is in terms of walking you through your own poten- your own journey and tapping into trauma. All of us have had some kind of trauma. Yeah. No one escapes trauma nope. in this lifetime. But we don't know we don't know how to talk about it, we don't know how to admit it, we don't know how to look at it, we don't know what the signs are. And you navigated this book to help tell your story. But your next book that that um, you know is the next step. Mm-hmm really looks at the healing process. Yeah. When I first handed the manuscript for this book over to my publisher, it was um, 122,000 words. <laughs> and, said, and he oh looked my. at me and he said, and that was just the first draft. And he said, this is two books. So um, we battled about that a little bit, not battled, but we you know, debated about it and, mm-hmm. and decided to split it into two books. But one of the pieces that I, why I wanted it to be that huge volume was I wanted people to um, learn how to the dog's flapping his ears. I wanted to uh, learn. I wanted. I wanted people to glean some of the the experience that I got through learning about my own trauma and how to take care of myself, so that people would learn how to take care of themselves as well, mm-hmm. and how we can shift our own thinking, how we can shift rape culture, how we can shift the litigation process, all of that. So in this book, I inserted throughout it a, a several what I kind of call public service announcements. <laughs> yes. um, now this so is a that, PSA. Yeah, from- <laughs> yeah, because I think it's just super important for people to recognize that they're going through and this is a journey and they're not alone. I'm with them and I'm holding their hand while they go through it. Can I read one yes, of the one of please, the things? Please. So this is this comes after I've revealed a couple more assaults that happened to me when, later later um, after I left CTC by a couple of other men. And sometimes we don't really recognize what harm looks like. Right. We don't see it as what it is. So this, this one says, reading about these events might cause you to reevaluate your past. If you're questioning whether you had an experience that could be categorized as sexual violence, please take a break. Nourish your body with something healthy and find someone to talk to for support. And I do that throughout this book. And the second book is really about action and taking all of this information around, you know, I do a little bit of trauma informed in, in the first chapter of the book. And then in the second book, it's really, it's a deep dive into how we are all affected by this thing everybody experiences and nobody wants to talk about. Would you also share about the Sexual Violence Center and the 24-hour? Yes. So I'm currently working as a, a, a victim support advocate at the Sexual Violence Center in Minneapolis. We serve Hennepin, Scott, and Carver counties, and we have a 24-7 crisis line that people can call if they are experiencing um and, and, and the resurgence. Num- and the number is uh, 612-871-5111. Thank you so much, not only for the work that you've done in creating this book, but the story of your willingness to tell truth to power and and make some changes. Absolutely. There's great possibilities here uh, for being whole. Yeah. Thank you. And please join us for um, the celebration of the the launch on October 21st at Open Book. Yep. You can sign up for it. Find out about it on my website. Absolutely. Go to paladinadvocacy.com. Thank org. you. Oh, dot org. No, it's a dot com. No, it's a dot com. Dot com.
Yeah, but that's at the end. <laughs>